last year in the summer of 2017. Two long-time commercial fishermen went out from uh, Montauk, Long Island to do some fishing. John Aldridge and Anthony Sosinski fished together all the time. And they went out on this one day and planning to have a normal fishing trip. As they headed out to sea, they were about 40 miles offshore. Anthony Sosinski was sleeping below deck. John Aldridge started to get things ready for the catch that they would soon begin to haul in. He was pulling on a handle with all his might, and that handle snapped, sending him sprawling backward right off the back of the boat. The boat was on autopilot, so it just kept cruising. As soon as John resurfaced from under the water, he began screaming for help, even though he knew that there was no way Anthony would ever hear him. And sure enough, Anthony did not hear him. John watched the boat go up and over the crest of a wave, and then it was gone. And like that, he couldn't see it anymore. He was alone, treading water in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean without a life vest, thinking this was the way he was going to die. Imagine how that must have felt, literally all alone, literally sinking out in the ocean. What a hopeless situation. Or was it? While John was trying to calm down, quiet his thoughts, trying to figure out how to stay afloat, he realized that the rubber boots that he was wearing were kind of buoyant. And he thought through that and he came up with what was really a pretty good idea. He took a boot off, shook everything out of it, and held it upside down, and then he plunged it under the water so it trapped the air in that boot. He did the same thing with the other boot, and then he stuck the two boots under his arms, and he just floated. He stayed like that for a very long time. While he stayed afloat, there was just that flicker of hope. He thought of his family and the fact that no one anywhere even knew that he was missing. Maybe the only ones who knew that he was there were the two sharks that swam about 15 feet away. But fortunately, they didn't seem to care about him. He tried to set goals beginning with with just living until the next morning. Four hours later, Anthony finally woke up. He realized that John was gone and he called the, the Coast Guard. The Coast Guard began its search procedures. Even though the Coast Guard commander admitted that he didn't have much hope of finding John in such open water. On the boat, Anthony found the broken handle and he put together what must have happened. And so he kind of was able to piece when John might have been doing that. And they were able to kind of backtrack and figure out where they might, somewhere close to where they might have been. 
John made it alive to the next morning. He tried to keep his hope alive, but the hours were passing with no sign of help. Finally, he spotted a fishing buoy and was able to reach it and climb onto it. And this was a new surge of hope for him. In less than an hour, a Coast Guard helicopter flew nearby and spotted John waving and splashing. They pulled him up to safety. The Coast Guard rescue diver said, We've been looking for you for nine hours today. And John said, Well, I've been looking for you for 12. (laughs) Imagine that feeling of no hope. And then a pair of boots provides just a little hope. We get a sense of what hope really is all about. Hope is that whisper that maybe, just maybe, I'm going to make it till morning. Hope is that which tells us that even in our darkest night, that sometime soon we're going to see that first ray of dawn come over the horizon. It is hope that tells us that as bad as things may be right now, they will not always be like this. Hope is that which gives us the courage to continue even though we have no answers. Hope is the fuel of faith and dreams. Hope is that which empowers our faith. To believe in that which we cannot see and to know that there is a plan and a purpose to know that our God has not forsaken us has not forgotten us, that he knows everything we're going through and that there is a time somewhere soon that things are going to get better. Advent is a season of hope. It's a season that is marked by expectation and waiting, anticipation and longing. It's a a season of digging deep into the reality of what it means that God sent his son into the world. To be Emmanuel, God with us. Now understand, that's the power of the Christmas story. The power of the Christmas story is found in the name that was given to Jesus when he was to come. Emmanuel, God with us. I believe that that is the major theme of the whole Bible. That God desires a personal relationship with us. I think that's the theme, the major theme of the Bible. Because we see it in the very beginning of Genesis. What happens when, when, when Adam and Eve disobey God is that they are separated from Him. The rest of the Bible tells the story of how God is redeeming man to Himself. And then we get to the end and we finally see that those who believe in Him are given the crown of life and they are victorious and get to be with Him forever. It is God with us that is the essence of God's message to us and it is the essence and the power of Christmas 
itself. Advent is a celebration that God comes. God comes to be with us. He is the God who is with us in our darkness, in our pain, in our chaos. He comes. And we have hope. God first started interacting with those whom he would call to be his people. He started all of that in a conversation with one man who lived in a foreign land. He had a conversation with Abram, who would, whose name would become Abraham. And in that very first conversation with one man, look at what he said. In Genesis 12 and 3, I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you, look what it says, all the families of this earth shall be blessed. All the way back in Genesis 12, where God first begins a conversation with Abram, we have the promise of a Messiah to come. Because he says, in your descendants, I'm going to bless all the families of the earth. One of your descendants will be the one who brings blessing to all who will receive that blessing. And we see in, in, God's, in God's word and in his plan how that one conversation leads to so many more conversations and promises Time passes, years and generations and centuries. And over that time, as Abram's people become a nation and they long for that promise to be fulfilled, there's that deep, ongoing longing for God to fulfill His covenant and to bring Messiah. It was their deepest hope. They, that hope sustained them and encouraged them and spurred them on even through the most difficult kinds of experiences and in the worst of years. Through thousands of years of uncertain waiting, they endured because of their hope. Through Isaiah, God gave Israel many prophecies and promises about the Messiah who would come. You know, we, we, we're familiar with the term poster child. I, Isaiah would be the poster prophet for Christmas, for Advent, for hope. As he says in Isaiah 7, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name God with us. Emmanuel. Isaiah is the one who, who foretold that Messiah was coming to be God with us. Isaiah is also the one who reminded the people that those who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. And he's looking forward to when Messiah comes and he says it's going to happen. The, the day is just now beginning to dawn. He will come. In that same chapter, just a couple of verses later, he describes for us who, who Messiah will be. Unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
Isaiah was filled with hope and God's promises fueled him and his people to continue to hope for years and centuries. And then fast forward, if you will, to the Christmas story in Luke. And in Luke chapter 1, we meet Zechariah. Zechariah is a priest and he knows Isaiah's prophecies. He knows Messiah will come. But even he is taken off guard when he is told, hey, you're going to have a son who's going to be like Elijah and he's going to prepare the way for Messiah. You're going to have a son and your son is going to tell the people to get ready because Jesus is on the way. In Luke chapter 1, God is speaking to Zechariah and says, of, of John the Baptist, of Zechariah's son yet to be born, he says, he will go before him, that's John will go before Jesus, in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the, of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. So we go for, for years and years, longing and looking for, and then finally... God says, all right, it's time. I'm going to send you the guy who's going to get everybody ready because hope has finally been fulfilled. Imagine that hope that sprang up within Zechariah and his wife and the people around them uh, once they kind of got over their shock and temporary disobedience. Imagine the hope that just took over their lives. Look what God is doing. No matter what kind of problems and struggles you and I face today, no matter what kind of season of darkness or pain you're in, don't lose hope. Hope is still alive, even in our deepest pain and worst circumstances. Hope is alive because God is with us. His people longed for years and years, and then finally, it was time. We can have that same kind of hope that God is with us even today in our difficulties, in our longing. There are several ways that we can rekindle God's hope during this time of Advent. Several ways that we can kind of stir up hope within us no matter what our circumstances are. And one is that we can remember that hope is based on God's Word. That's how we can rekindle hope this Advent, remembering that, God, that, that hope is based on God's Word. If you have your copy of Scripture with you, look with me in Psalm 139. Psalm 139. I'm not going to put it on the screen because there's, uh, there's, there's too much here um, to put up there easily and quickly. I want you to read it with me in Psalm 139. We're going to start at verse 7. 139 and verse 7. Where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? It's a simple question. Where could I go that you are not? It's a rhetorical question that has an obvious answer. There is no place I can go where God is not. He says, if I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. The right hand is the hand of power and authority. And the psalmist says, I know that I'm in your right hand. No matter where I am, there you are. 
He says in verse 11, If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, and light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as day, for darkness is as light with you. One of the reasons that you can have hope today and that you can can increase that hope, that you can rekindle that hope, is, is that hope is based on God's Word. And God tells us, you cannot go where God is not. When your world looks dark and the night is awful, remember that that same night to God appears as light. In other words, He can see the big picture. And He understands what's about to happen. And He knows where you are. You're in His right hand, the hand of power and authority. We can have hope because our hope is based on what God's Word teaches us. Scripture is filled with stories and words and promises that rekindle that supernatural hope within us. But not only do we have hope because it's based on God's Word, but we can rekindle that hope because it is based on God's character. Not only does His Word promise that He is with us, but we understand from His character that we have hope. In Mark chapter 5, if you... If you want to turn there with me, I'm in Mark chapter 5 at verse 25. It's a quick story, but it's a powerful one. In Mark 5 at 25, a crowd, a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. Now verse 25, there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? His disciples said, you see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, who touched me? He looked around to see who had done it, but the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the truth. She said, he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. How did the woman experience a life-changing encounter with Jesus? Because she had hope. You see, as he comes by, she's already heard all about him. Everybody in town knows about him by now. She's heard the stories. She's heard the miracles. She's even heard the teachings probably. She knows about him. And so she says, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, if I could just touch a one thread, I know that would be enough. She, she did not lose hope. She had that little hope that if I just could touch the hem, of his garment. I know it would change me. All because she knew who he was. She knew his character. You see, we have hope based on God's character. He was and still is God with us. He fulfilled Israel's hope for the Messiah when he arrived on that first Christmas. He fulfilled humanity's hopes for victory over death when he was resurrected on the first Easter. 
And one day he will ultimately fulfill all hope when he completes God's plan for redeeming all of creation. We have hope because it's based on his character. Just like she knew who Jesus was and knew that he could do something, when we understand who God is, we recognize we have hope based on his character. And then finally, we can hope, we can, we can increase our hope, we can rekindle our hope in God because it is based on his faithfulness. We can hope in him because our hope is based on his faithfulness. Lamentations chapter 3 at verse 21. Lamentations chapter 3 at verse 21. But this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. He says, this is why I hope, because his steadfast love never ends. His mercies never cease. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. Jeremiah says in Lamentations, that's why I hope. The first verse said, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. You see, there is hope in the future when we remember what God has done in the past. He said, morning by morning, new mercies I see. I can look back on my calendar and look in my journal, and I can see what God has done in the past. He's been faithful my whole life. Every step along the way, he's been faithful. Because he has been faithful, I know he will be faithful. Because I've seen what he has done, I know what he can do. Therefore, I have hope. Beloved, we have reason to have great hope this Advent season. Because our hope is based on his word that tells us the truth about who he is. We have hope because of his character. He doesn't change. We know him. We can trust him. And we have hope because of his faithfulness. When you look back and you see how he took care of you the last time you were in the dark spot, the last time you were struggling, the last time you were hurting, he cared for you. You know he's going to do the same thing this time. So we have reason for hope. Lord, thank you for giving us hope. Thank you that that hope is made possible through the person Jesus Christ, in him you are with us. Thank you 